All right. Thanks for tuning in to Slauson Girl Speaks. I'm your host, Slauson Girl, bringing you world news with a South Central state of mind. One of the biggest headlines coming out of L.A. this week is the Los Angeles City Council approved a motion this week for a reward in the amount of $50,000 for information leading to an arrest and conviction in the killing of USC student Victor Michelini. Victor was shot and killed in the early morning hours of March 10th after exiting a store about a mile from USC's campus. Police believe the suspects who killed Victor are three young Latino men who fled the scene in a four-door, dark-colored sedan. Victor's mother, Oakland City Councilwoman Lynette McElaney, accepted his diploma at this year's graduation at USC, where Victor was a jazz student. His mother held a rally in the parking lot where he was killed the following day, which was Mother's Day. The total reward amount for Victor Michelini's case is $75,000 as the Los Angeles Board of Supervisors approved a $25,000 reward a few weeks back. So for those of you who have been following my podcast so far, you know that this is a news and information podcast solely focusing on news pertaining to South Central and the larger Los Angeles area. What I also want to do is be transparent in who I am and in my journey. It's taken me a little bit more time to open up in terms of my current journey because you know once you put stuff out there it's it's out there you know and just the fear of being judged and being exposed kind of has me holding back a little bit but I'm ready to put all that behind me because I know that my story could help another young woman growing up in South Central or an inner city similar. Where I'm at currently in my life is post-grad life. Um, It's been about eight months since I've been back in Los Angeles. And it's interesting being back with a whole new perspective, a whole new mind frame, and just a more broader perspective on life to go to college and come back to the hood. And I'm just ready. I'm just ready to share and stop being scared. So I've introduced um, one of my co-hosts or one of the people that I will have um, a segment with on different episodes, which is Trap LA. Check him out on Instagram and his website. He is a um, 
a marketing, hip-hop marketing person, a vet in the game. And another person who I'm going to be on my podcast a lot with is my friend Jesse, who I went to college with. And we're both from South Central. We have a segment called Hometown Homies. And here is the episode that we recorded recently. Welcome to the Hometown Homies segment with Slauson Girl and La Joteria Podcast. And basically, this segment is me and my homie Jesse. We went to the same college and we are from the same South Central neighborhood. And since we both have growing platforms, he has his own podcast. And I also have my own podcast. We created this segment where, which will be inserted into, you know, both of our podcasts, where we kind of talk about post-grad life and just various things. What are some other topics that we're going to touch on? Post-grad life, we're going to talk about how to sustain your creativity while sustaining also a full-time job or any kind of other survival work. Um, also about community outreach, how to create community within, you know, art spaces, social activism, those kind of things. Right, right. And also intersectionality, which is important. We majored in critical race and gender studies. I took the ethnic studies pathway and you took the, the multicultural queer studies pathway. And so basically our majors, we pretty much did the same coursework, you know, but since uh, the major, which started from ethnic studies, yeah. um, but since the small white town, I mean, the small, you know, the university is located in the small white town. When it comes time to cut programs, the programs for the students of color are always the first to go. And so basically they, instead of swapping the whole program, they decided to reformat it into critical race, gender, and sexuality studies, which now ethnic studies is integrated with gender studies, and they created these three different pathways, which was women's studies, ethnic studies, and multicultural queer studies. Mm-hmm. Just thought it would be important to give a little background oh, no, there. Definitely. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of the information that we learned in that class, I know myself personally, I never was exposed to before. And so we want to basically bring that information back to our community and relay it in a, in a way that the community understands. So, yeah. yeah. So episode two, we're going to just give a little update about where we are in our lives and, yeah, talk a little bit about how to keep creative projects afloat while trying to survive within yep. a capitalistic system where you must you know have some kind of income so a nine to five is kind of going to be a default situation you're going to have to do if you don't want to star you know but um yeah what's been going on in your life so from the last episode tina and i were parked having uh it was like a rainy day and we were Mm -hmm. just both I think 
we're handling some errands. So right. back, what was it, like three months ago from the last episode, mm-hmm. um, I was looking for something more stable job-wise. I was trying to continue my podcast. So now I'm doing the same but I have a potential job opportunity that I'm starting soon. So right now I'm trying my best to keep a schedule where I can keep my creativity afloat while trying to make this job thing happen and not lose myself in the circuit of like making money and being busy all the time, you know? So for right now, since it's the start of the start of this like transition i'm trying to realize like okay i need to set up a schedule i need to set up a format in which i'm able to sustain myself in financial matters but also you know keep my projects going so that i don't i don't lose my passion because i think that's something that right it's kind of easy to get out of when you know you get stuck on making money or paying bills or paying rent or whatever so right right now i'm at like the you know the start of that transition so i'm excited that we're here and you know recording together so right me too me too where are you right now what what where were you three months ago um so basically yeah i found myself in a what I would like to call a never-ending uber cycle you know because um when I first got back out here I was like I'm not getting a nine to five and I'm just gonna have you know this open schedule to chase stories and go to events and create content and I'm just going to do uber you know as a way to keep the money coming in every day you know I was like I'm gonna set a quota I'm going to carve out a time. I'm going to go out there and, you know, do that for a few hours and then just work on what my passions are. And what I quickly found out was that that was basically unsustainable, you know. Um, Uber is definitely a cool little hustle, you feel me? But it has its cons like anything else. And, you know, I'm coming from South Central, so I am basically a you know a student of nipsey hustle and what he says you got to cut the middleman out at all costs you feel me so i was i'm not really feeling the way they you know charging the rider a certain price and then on a back end they cutting the uber driver a certain price and i can get a base fare you feel me but when you start taking about 30 percent or 40 percent of what you didn't charge the rider i'm feeling some kind of way you know and there's certain days where i don't feel like driving i just spent like a thousand dollars putting new brakes and tires on my car so the wear and tear and all that so i'm like okay this ain't sustainable clearly i need yeah to um think of different streams of income and i need to go get a job because i need more lump sum type money you know Mm -hmm. um basically was you know penny pension you know getting crumbs when there's way more out here and so i basically um you know sucked it up and started applying it to jobs um mainly within my field which you know is journalism or also working with marginalized communities Mm -hmm. and so 
I am going to be starting a job soon and I'm really excited about the pay because one of the main things is you already know, you know, you graduate college, they want to pay you around minimum wage, you feel yeah. me, even with a college degree. And rent is rising and these, you know, wages that they're paying people is not keeping up, you feel me. So I'm happy to, you know, be uh, transitioning to a... You know, just getting some more sustainable income, but exactly what you mentioned in terms of a set production schedule needs to be set to not lose sight of your passions, you know, and I agree because I think being creative and having a lot of projects and a lot of multiple, you know, outlets for your creativity I think a lot I've learned so far is that having a schedule is definitely something that is beneficial. Mm -hmm. So learning that before you start your job or before you start a very committed, you know, where you're committing your time to or whatever is is important. And I think that it's going to set you up for your success on both parts. Right. How much time are you going to give? your job how much time are you going to give yourself to work on not only your own personal self but also your projects right exactly exactly so definitely in terms of the schedule i feel like i got a i got a cool little outline but i need to make sure i'm all the way in order before yeah you know starting work um so yeah i did you want to talk about like platform inspo um yeah definitely definitely or where are you headed yeah we can yeah. go into that okay so i decided that a big part of um talking about where we're going with with our segment and with our platform together is talk a little bit about why we started our own platforms and why we started to want to have conversations that were intersectional so for me, I've been in Mecha and I've been in previous groups where they're one dimensional and they, you know, deal with only one aspect of my identity. But being a queer trans person of color, like even though I have, you know, light skin privilege, I I wasn't feeling like I had um, a place where I was seen in all aspects of me. So that's why I started my platform in that the spaces that I was inhabiting were either queer, they were white, or they were queer but ran in a way where I wasn't really seen the way I wanted to. Mm. So my platform, I I do a lot of sex positivity. I share memes. I kind of disrupt the respectability politics Mm. of how I want to be, like how you should be perceived in order to have respect in the hood Mm -hmm. so for me it definitely was also about ownership of my voice and i want to be perceived in this way i don't want to be perceived in that way so i think that's something that definitely stuck with me Mm -hmm. it's just like like you said just you have uh, more of a your voice is not filtered through other people it's just your own right exactly exactly Exactly. 
So I just wanted to talk about where we're currently at as I edited the the question mm-hmm. as like where we're at with from where we started originally from like the scratch day one of when we started our platforms to now because I was going to do a little bit of you know back like three months ago where we were with our platform but I think it's more beneficial to hear about where like where you originated from and like what your follower count was not that numbers matter but like what experiences and what opportunities have you had in the process of I did not have a formal nine to five when I got back out here I was free you feel Mm -hmm. me and this you know even though like I felt that I was in a cycle of not really making the type of money that I felt I was deserving of I was still available to Mm -hmm. do the type of work that I did in terms of just updating the public on what happened or what was going on in South Central following Nipsey Hussle's death. And Mm -hmm. so from the videos I was posting and the writings that I was doing, people began to follow. And um, for about two weeks following from when he was killed, I was up at the shop. I was, you know, asking people if they would let me interview them. Just people that were supporters coming up to the shop. Um, Community members. I ran into one of the editors of Rolling Out, which is a popular hip-hop publication in Atlanta. We had already been following each other on Instagram. So when, like, we crossed paths, I knew Mm. who he was, he knew who I was, and we kind of just, like, jumped into, like, journalism mode, you know, I'm showing him around, like, okay, this is, you know, we on Sausage and Crenshaw, clearly you can see the shop over there, just, you know, he was already in the field, you know, I gotta shout him out, A.R. Shaw, Make make sure you guys follow him, make sure you follow the work that he's doing at rolling out magazine sorry i just gotta give him a shout out no, it's okay. because he gave me an opportunity to write a piece for rolling out about louis farrakhan coming up to the marathon store and i appreciate you know the byline and the photos that i took for that piece you know yeah just little things like that and so yeah i um i hate that something like that happened to nipsey hustle you know um I'm just glad that I acted on the gravitational pull that Mm -hmm. was telling me, uh, you need to get the fuck out of Humboldt. Like you spending too much time out here, you know, you know, I was up there Mm -hmm. for about shit a year and a half after I graduated because Josiah was murdered and the hope Mm -hmm. fighting for justice for that. And so something was telling me that I needed to get down to LA just to document, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. thinking gentrification, everything, you know, that's what I'm documenting. I would have never imagined that happened to Nipsey Hussle, but I'm glad that I was down here, you know, um, because there's barely any black, I won't say there's barely any black media, because there is black media, but the black media that we do have in our community is more old school, Mm -hmm. um, 
and we just need more hyper local digital coverage from millennials Mm -hmm. um so yeah Yeah. what about you um for right now i feel like my page my main page la hotelia de los angeles on instagram is now at almost eleven thousand, and Mm. my la hotelia podcast is about getting to 1000 follows and i feel like people see that and they're like oh cool like you you have a you know you have a a base or whatever Mm -hmm. but i think that what i what i like to tell people too is like that it was like i started at like nothing like no follows like 30 Mm -hmm. followers or whatever Mm -hmm. and the origin of what i like if you go back i don't know if you can see that on my page or whatever but if you go back the first the first like five or six uploads mm-hmm. were of like queer artists that I was trying to, uh, you know, share so that people, more people would see because I feel like a lot of the pages that I would follow would mention queer art, but in a very like one out of the 10 posts was queer art or one of the 10 was like something queer. Okay. So I started off at like posting, reposting because I wanted to merge art communities together mm-hmm. So I posted that and like I had like 30 follows, 100 follows. So if anybody's listening right now and you have like 30 follows, 100 follows, whatever, like just keep sharing your authentic voice and that will take off. Just stick to what fuels you and you will find your community, you will find your niche. So fast forward now I have almost 11,000 people following me and I'm at the point where I want to take my page and my podcast to the next level. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of of ways that I want to sustain like growth but also not lose myself in the process. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why I've been in the middle of like, okay, what do I want to do next? Right. So for the meantime, I'm focusing on my podcast more because I feel like that is more of the essence of who I am and what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So, but I have had some recent like follows from big people, like from RuPaul's Drag Race, Delta Work followed me. What? So I felt like, you know, here are people who are like on national TV and they, mm-hmm. they want to follow me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that's kind of cool. Right. Um, and then they're doing the work, they're Chicana, Chicanx artist. So mm-hmm. I think like, that even means more to me because it's like whoa like you're a nationally known person and you want to follow me and i think that like long term i would want to be nationally recognized too for the things that i do Mm -hmm. so i think going from the origin of where i started to now is kind of cool to to see and to see the development of the other pages that i follow and all the other people that are also coming up and i think that that it's really interesting and I'm really happy to see that. Nice. Well, I'm glad that you, you know, your page has reach, you know, it's getting reach, mm-hmm. which is one of the most kind of mind blowing things in terms of social media because you never know who can come across your mm-hmm. your page and see the content that you are sharing and developing and so that's exciting, you know. You never know who's yeah. watching. Yeah, exactly. So, with that said, I I wanted to open up the opportunity for future collaborations with people in the community that 
want to chat with us, we have an email that's hometownhomies with an extra S at the end of homies at gmail.com where you can email us, you know, suggestions for new episodes. If you want to collaborate with Tina and I or with us individually, you're more than welcome to to contact us. We are in the works of a workshop right now of potentially two workshops. And we're very excited to open up the doors to a broader community and to have our, our hometown segment, you know, be in a, in a space where we can hold this conversation in real life. Because I think it's just as important to merge our identities from our podcasts and our platforms, but also, you know, in real life community events. You know, if you want to host us or you want us to come to your community center, school, whatever, mm-hmm. like we're we're excited to be out, you know. So donations are welcome. We're just starting off. So we'll develop, you know, a platform for donations. But, yeah, is there anything you want to add into that collab? Um... Yeah, we've been thinking about uh, hosting workshops and starting a kind of like a consulting situation. Because mm-hmm. when we were in Humboldt, we seen all these Caucasian women who was getting mm-hmm. um, checks from organizations, the university to come and mediate these different workshops for organizations, the university. Um, pertaining mostly to diversity and equity and all this stuff and just ways to be inclusive within the workplace. And I would ask these women a few times, like, what is your background? Like, do you Mm. have a degree in ethnic studies, race and gender, anything? And it would mainly be no. Like, (laughs) I'm good at public speaking. I'm good at, you know, I I don't know. But basically, we want to... We want to share what we've learned. We want to host workshops. We want to just share valuable information. And we would like to collaborate with different organizations that are looking to be more inclusive in their environments. So, yeah, Um, we have some few outlines. We're still uh, developing our just our courses. And Mm. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited, too. I think. We're, we're heading to a really good spot. Definitely, definitely. You know, and just trying to maximize on our skill sets and just what we've learned and just, you know, um, walk into our greatness and just not be sidelined by, you know, the capitalistic system, which will just have you in the hamster wheel of paying bills till you die and going mm-hmm. to work every day, which is good, you know, mm-hmm. good going going to work and, you know, but it has to be something that feeds your soul, you feel me? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what we advocate for, you know, paying your bills but feeding your soul. And so, yeah. yeah. And then being transparent, being uh, authentic. authentic and learning how to share your stories being vulnerable and also you know letting you know about the obstacles that will arise you know because it's something that you do go against you go against the grain of you know the society this 
kind of structure. Right. But there are a lot of joys also that we do get to live and express and share with people. And I think this is one of them that we've able to have this outlet on both our individual selves and also now together where we are able to merge our voices for, you know, community community enhancement and coalition within each other. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. So let the people know where they can find you at. Yes, uh, you, you can find me at La Joteria de Los Angeles on Instagram. La Joteria de Los Angeles. Sorry. La Joteria Podcast is where I'm at also. Mm-hmm. And my email is LA at gmail.com. And I'm also on Facebook and uh, on Instagram and Snapchat. So if you're able to, f- all my, if you land to one platform, you're able to find me at the others. So. All right, cool, cool. And you guys already know you can find me Instagram, Slossing Girl. Check out my writings, what's happening in South Central at slossandgirl.com, and we will see you on our next segment. Bye. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for tuning in to my podcast, Sloss and Girl Speaks. If you like what you heard, you can check out more of my content at www.slossandgirl.com. Find me on Instagram at slossandgirl.com. Twitter, Sloss and Girl News. And and make sure you stay tuned for more upcoming episodes of my podcast. Appreciate you.